Welcome, everybody, to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And we're just always grateful to our listeners for all of the amazing feedback and questions and statements that you give. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for reviewing us. Like We really, truly appreciate it, and we love the work that we do, and you guys help us even get better at the work we do. Yeah, and... uh just another reminder that we, we have this new uh, thing in our show notes. It's through a service called Gala. And if you click in the show notes like uh, that you want to leave a comment, you can do a recorded comment that then we can put into a show or you can put a written comment in there. And we already have had a few listeners put in comments Ooh. and it allows us to reply to you. But also we've been getting some great ideas about new show topics. So please continue to do that. That's awesome. So let's introduce today because if you guys have listened to our story and the reason why we opened up a couples counseling center is because of our own difficult transition into a blended family and having twins who are colic. And you guys know the story. We talk about it a lot. So we developed this program and started taking couples through it. And my goodness, it was really successful. And, you know, we didn't know how amazing it would be. And so we have had couples on our podcast that have been willing and brave and vulnerable to share their story. And today is one of those. And I just always feel so proud. And I look at EJ and I feel really proud to know that we've been able to support our own relationship and couples and our therapist here through our relationship renovation program and then get to hear the story of the healing. Absolutely. And so today we're lucky once again to have a couple, Chris and Casey. And they went through a program with one of our therapists a few months ago, and they're just brave and willing to come in and share that story with you all. And so instead of getting into a real deep sort of explanation of who they are, we're going to sort of just, you know, ask them some questions. So welcome, Chris and Casey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, a great starting point with us is just telling us a little bit about yourselves currently. Tell us about you, how long you guys have been together, your family, just sort of a little bit about the basics of who you are. Okay. Uh, on the spot. All right. So we are going to be going into our fifth year of being together. And, you know, we're both a little bit older and had, had numerous relationships in the past. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, when we met, there was a lot of, of, of baggage from, from both sides. And, you know, we entered into this. I don't quite think Casey was ready for any sort of relationship whatsoever. It was not. <laughs> uh, and to be quite honest, when I saw her, um, I knew she was the one. Wow. Uh, they say people get love at first sight. I had that. That actually happened to me, and it never happened before. Wow. So we met, and I pursued Casey. She uh, had a large wall set up and quickly told me that's not what she's looking for, and she was into being friends, and so that's exactly what we did. We were friends for the very beginning of our relationship. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? Oh, we're both in recovery, so we're both addicts in recovery, and we met 
through our fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous. We were both in the same meeting together. And I remember when we first met, all I could remember about Chris is his eye contact. Like he gave mm. really good eye contact and it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, he it was almost like he was staring into my soul and like hearing his backstory to it, it, it makes sense because yeah. his love at first sight. But so that's that's how we met was through a meeting in Narcotics Anonymous. And I was fresh into my recovery. I had maybe 20 something days clean. Wow. And so in my eyes, like there was no way. Like I was a wreck and I couldn't enter into a relationship. Yeah, it wasn't even a possibility for you at that time. (laughs) No, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel, you know, ready. Um, It terrified me. Absolutely. But he was willing to do whatever it took just to be around me, just to be my friend. Mm -hmm. And um, we built trust that way. How long, so were you guys like sort of like friends for a period of time before you guys got together? So... We've, since day one, we've never separated uh, since the day we met. You know, <laughs> weird enough, I have my own my own company, so I've got a little bit of extra free time and I can kind of fudge my schedule. Uh, Casey, you know, was new in recovery, so really all she had going on was recovery at that time. So we literally pretty much spent some time every single day together at that point. And, you know, we, we hung out and spent time together for, for about a month, I think it was, before we really decided that we were going to have a go at this. Uh, before Casey decided she was ready to have a go <laughs> yeah, at this, yeah. I was there. Again, it was love at first sight for me. This was the person that I wanted to spend my time with. Throughout that month, Casey did everything in her power to push me away, tell me every dark, scary, sketchy detail of her life and what she's done and what she's been through. And none of it phased me Mm. at all. It did not change the way I felt about her at all. So it was- It didn't work, Casey. No, (laughs) I tried. No. And so, you know, it was kind of weird. Casey was in in a situation where she was living with Somebody else that was in recovery, that person really wasn't super healthy in that aspect. And, you know, it, it wasn't long. Within a week, uh, thing, things didn't work out there. And Casey moved into my house with oh, wow. me. Again, we were like, hey, let's, we're going to be friends. Um, mm-hmm. I think Casey's words verbatim were single occupancy. Like we had pillows in between. (laughs) I'm in my mid thirties and I made sure we had a pillow wall because I just didn't want to send any kind of vibes. I didn't want to lead him on in any way. I just wanted his friendship at the time. Yeah. It's so interesting with couples because, you know, we're lucky enough when we work with couples that we hear their stories and how many couples have really, really complicated beginnings, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and that the complications sometimes from the very beginning of their relationship, you know, sort of set some tones for some of the complications later on in their relationship. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I have to ask both of you, like, what was it about the other person that just drew you in and, and, and made you, I don't know, kind of take that. It was, it was a very like emotional risk at that transition that you were both going through and your patience, your willingness to put down the walls probably slowly, but what was it about the other person? Uh, for, for me, it was, 
I mean, it was just divine intervention. I just knew that that was the person. It wasn't the way she looked. It wasn't the way she spoke. It wasn't the way she carried herself. It wasn't how crazy her story was. It wasn't, hey, I want to try to fix her. It was all of her. It was just simply her. None none of it mattered. I felt so comfortable being around her. That that was it. I've never... It's never been that way before with me. They say it's like this feeling of like when you meet that person and you just know like this feeling of home that you've never known before. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it was it was his willingness to accept my boundary because I'd never, this was the first healthy relationship that I've ever had. And yeah. so I've expressed those types of boundaries in prior relationships and was never granted that. And so he was totally willing and ready to just be whatever role he could be to be in my life. And so I was able to build trust and see that he was genuine. No strings attached, no no sense of I'm being like manipulated. He allowed the space. Yes. He never pressured me sleeping in the same bed together for weeks. He never once, you know what I mean, slipped a hand or did anything uh, to make me feel uncomfortable. Comfortable, and just, I believe that's what mm-hmm. helped us grow closer. The word that comes to me right now is just like protection. Like mm-hmm. somehow you guys met at this perfect time and felt protected and supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here you are five years later yeah. sharing your story with us. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, how did it evolve? Like how did your relationship evolve once you guys sort of like started crossing into an intimate relationship? Um, very dysfunctionally. Yes. Um, it was, you know, unbeknownst to us at that point, or to me at that point, right? All I ever knew was dysfunctional relationships that I'd had in the past and the dysfunctional relationships I watched my parents have. That's all I ever knew. I never knew anything any different. So to me, that's what was normal. That's how life went. That's what a relationship was. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, an addict in recovery, well, there was a time where I was in active addiction. Those relationships were just mm-hmm. manipulative, you know, a disaster, um, no responsibility. And I was a little bit different at this point, but my views on relationships weren't. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So I would immediately, like, we would get into these arguments and I would immediately sink back into the old person that I was with other relationships and I would scream and I would yell and then I would I would want to run away from him. I would want to immediately, like, disconnect. And then... And then we would try to work things out, and it was just like this roller coaster of highs and yeah. lows. That and it evolved into that very yeah. quickly, which sort of like mirrors like addiction, right? Yes. That, that like you know, there's extreme highs, there's mm-hmm. extreme lows, there's there's very little of that middle yeah. of it that like middle a, ground. It was like a constant relapse, yeah, into negativity. And then for me, I was always able to get over it, let it go and move on. Casey, not. She Mm. internalized all of that because, um, I don't know why, but, you know, Casey had this huge wall, this gigantic wall because she had to protect herself Mm -hmm. from the outside. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I knew that that wasn't the real her, right? So that was, we worked on trying to slowly break down that wall. But each time we would go into one of these massive disagreements that turned into a huge fight, boom, all the bricks would come right back up. And the wall was there again, right? It was just rinse and repeat, kind of like that same. mm -hmm. And Casey, you probably just, I mean, piecing together what you're saying about about your prior life, you've probably been defending yourself 
absolutely for, forever mm-hmm. and so it was like that that was just like the natural way Very to go familiar. about it yeah it just felt safer for me to put those walls up and like one thing i will say is being in recovery we work kind of similar to what we learned when we started coming here but we work a 12-step program and so we're constantly writing and digging deep into ourselves and so i believe that that's what kept us together or kept me there was i was constantly learning new things about me and instead of saying something is wrong with him i was realizing that i had a lot of work to do and that really there was nothing wrong with our relationship I just needed to learn how to be okay with myself so that way I can interact with him better. But that you took that direction instead of, right? That probably was a point where relapse was probably, it could be very easy or look really like, okay, here we go again. Like, why Mm -hmm. am I doing this? Mm -hmm. But instead you chose that very, I call it like brave heart, like you are going to go in with your freaking sword and you're going to be like, what is all this shit? And you're going to just go through it, even though it's super uncomfortable. Absolutely. So was there a final thing that happened that brought you guys here? Or like, how did you guys decide to start couples counseling? Um, There's a lot of things that... Yeah. So me having been involved in criminal activity, um, you know, I had a hard life, man, as Mm. I was younger. I did a lot, spent a lot of time locked up. Um, I was the offender for a long, long time. I had been in recovery for about five years when Casey and I met. So things had changed for me. Um, I learned how to be accountable, right? Um, mm-hmm. but, but I still didn't know anything about a relationship. And, and that's the bottom line. I had no clue. Casey finally at some point suggested we should probably do some counseling. And I was like, Absolutely not. I've spent (laughs) all my life in counseling. I'm in a 12-step program. That fixes everything. (laughs) Um, In hindsight, a 12-step program fixes, if you work it correctly, will fix your problems. It has nothing to do with our problems. But I didn't know that at that point. My thought, and a lot of folks in recovery, the belief is those 12 steps you can implement into your life and everything, and you certainly can. I would never take that away. Now that I have found out that if you can implement professional people into a we problem, it's a lot easier to be able to sort those issues out. But I was all against it, a hundred (laughs) percent. No way am I doing that. I've done that. I've talked to shrinks, you know, wardens, counselors, (laughs) uh, all of the above, and it's never helped. The only thing that's ever helped me was Narcotics Anonymous, and that's where I'm going to stay. And he was against it, but yet at the same time, right, which is what was so troubling for me and left me feeling lost and unsure of what our future was when we would get into these all-out fights he would immediately want to leave like he would think we our marriage was over Mm -hmm. um and so it was like well we can't just keep going through this and we can't just keep saying that you want out of this we're either going to stay in it and we're going to figure out how Mm -hmm. how to be in it or we're going to be out of this yeah this this what we're doing right now is not sustainable no no cannot handle this anymore so so this is a i think a really a good thing for listeners because very often in heterosexual relationships, it's the female who wants to get into therapy. And very often it's it's the male who who has a lot of apprehension around it. How did you get Chris to buy in? Like how did you how did you nudge him, you know, into <laughs> a place where he was willing to give it a shot? Because we were literally like at a point in our marriage where it was just we were both kind of feeling done. But at the same time we knew he knew and I could tell he knew that we weren't done. Yeah. Right? Like he so he he got to a point where he was finally like, 
okay, let's try it. You know, he was very skeptical of it, mm. but he was willing to give it a shot. And so I was like, cool, let's. And we tried with another, at another therapist and it was very. Um, Uninteresting. Yeah. Boring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just. Very monotone. It was not what we needed. Yeah. We didn't know what we needed, but we knew that was not it, yeah. right? Yeah. In fact, recovery offered us more than what yeah. this person was was offering us at that time. So I think we did three, maybe four sessions. And, and we didn't finish. We paid a month yeah. full. But and, we and we paid. Oh, and we were like, look, man, like, this is... It's not that we're fighting over it. It's just yeah. it's just not doing what we bold. needed to we do. We had a hard time sitting through it. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. weren't very interactive. Yeah. That's an important thing for people too, is that like sometimes we approach mental health like we do uh, like doctors where it's like we pick somebody and we feel like we're stuck in it, even mm -hmm. if it's a crappy experience mm -hmm. and having that like sort of wisdom that you guys had of like, okay, this isn't, this isn't us. Yeah, this doesn't work. I got, I got to go out and shop and find something else. So you found our program and was it quickly like, oh, wait a minute, this is a little bit different or, you know, yes. yeah. What was your experience like entering into it? So again, you know, I, I had some skepticism for sure, but I really dug our therapist. She just seemed, you know, on both of our sides. Like yep. she was just there to listen to what we had to say. Right. And she was easy to talk to. Right. And so you know, I, it, I felt good when I came here. I felt comfortable. And it's like in Narcotics Anonymous meeting, and I, I usually take everything in my life back to that because that's where- It, it worked. It changed your life. It changed my life. Yeah. And so I left here feeling better than I did when I walked in the door. For me, that's a win yeah. in any, any way you look at it. One of the things I hear often is, because we have a pretty structured program here, yet every couple is very different- and the idea is structure, right? When we think of parenting, when we have kids, like structure provides safety for kids and the structure we have, because it's not a cookie cutter approach, but it's, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end, and there's all that work in between. And that creates the safety of the therapeutic mm -hmm. process, because if you don't have structure, it's like, I know it, I've been a marriage counselor for 20 years, like couples come in, they vent, they leave, they get a couple coping skills and they come back and they vent and they leave. And so it's like your weekly so bitching for us session. that, you know, our 18 week, 22 week, whatever, some couples are here for 56 weeks, it doesn't matter. It really provides the safety, which then helps internalize the safety within the relationship, which is where all of the work can be done. Yeah. And I, what, what really turned me on was we like immediately jumped right in with like, homework but it was like where we were in every morning checking in with each other yeah. every night it, it was it was immediately helping us to start get connected something we you know we we hadn't been that mm -hmm. i didn't realize we really weren't connected yeah. until we had these assignments and and we were enjoying doing them at first it was almost like verbatim and we were you know just going through the motions and then we started to really get into checking in with each other yeah. and i felt heard and i was i was able to hear him right which was new for me because it was all always his fault in my right, head. totally. <laughs> and to be able to hear him and hear his struggles and be like, oh, you know, and then at the end of the day to hear how maybe he turned that around. Like it was just, we were immediately immersed into yeah. being connected to each other. And that really turned me on a lot. For me, one of the most profound things I feel like we, EJ and I did to develop the program was to really focus in the beginning on the genogram and your early childhood attachment and how that plays out in intimate relationships, 
you know, that you're in now because it's like we get into this like defending ourselves from our partner, but it's really like we're defending ourselves from what we had to when we were younger and we don't even know how to separate it and that this person is not our family. There's someone outside that we want to feel really loved and supported by. But a lot of us don't have the understanding of how our early childhood attachment, our negative core beliefs, how we learn to look at the world, bam, gets projected onto this partner. And if we didn't have a loving, nurturing environment, it's not going to look pretty. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's absolutely right. We were so very fortunate and, in my opinion, ahead of the game, having worked 12 steps of Narcotics mm. Anonymous, knowing character assets, knowing character defects, right? Um, being able to um, be accountable for ourselves. Like, we, we, we already could do that. We knew, like, yeah. that instead of, it's all you, it's all me, it's all, you know, I mean, we knew all of those pieces, we just weren't sure how to put those pieces together, in my opinion. Well, and I feel like we're good at figuring out our defects, but like being able to, for me, like I learned about him, his childhood. I learned that offender role that he grew up with. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, that put a whole new light on it for me. So like when he would act out in those ways, right, that he had learned from Mm -hmm. childhood, I was able to be a lot more understanding and empathetic Mm -hmm. towards him instead of just being, God, here we go again. I have goosebumps right now only because I know how much that process builds compassion. Yeah. And so many couples come in and they just want to talk about like, no, this thing happened. We have to talk about it. And I'm like, you have to wait and trust this process Mm -hmm. because you will not get anywhere because there's no compassion here right now. Mm -hmm. So you have to sit back and let the therapist kind of guide you until that compassion builds through that process. Like you just said, Casey, oh, goosebumps. You know, Casey really had to learn that compassion. Casey, Casey's one of her things that she overcame, in my opinion, that was gigantic, that was a game changer, was stonewalling. When we Mm. learned what Mm. stonewalling was, and Casey learned that that was how she coped Mm -hmm. with my behavior, right? Once we learned what that was, she was able to identify and start to change that. A lot of times it's like, hey, what's up? Are, are you okay? What's going on? And she's like, I'm fine. I know that she's not fine, right? I know that. But she's going to say that because that's comfortable to her, right? Once we learned that, she began to change that. And I would say what's wrong, and she would certainly tell me what's wrong, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I had I started to feel safe, right, that, that he would receive what I was thinking or feeling. I started to feel safe because, because he, said, he said to me in session, he said, I promise that if you tell me what's wrong, I won't react in a harsh way. Yeah. And he and I mm. so I took a chance and I did that and I was received with love and, and empathy. Yeah. What gave you that ability, Chris, to receive it and not react to it and not take it personal? So it, it had to be here, and I'll tell you why. You know, all good things come from the bottom. And so we came in here. And we went straight down to the bottom and we went to a point where at one time in the session, a session, I had to get up and leave um, because we were at that point where I was reacting, she was upset and we weren't working together. And I I ended up getting up and I left. And that was the changing point, in my opinion, in this whole process. I left, I went away, Casey stayed and I thought that oh my gosh, this is going to be a rough day when she gets out of there. And when she came out of there, it wasn't a rough day. She talked about it and said, hey, look, I get it. I know why you had to leave. Um, It was best for us. And we sat, we talked about Mm -hmm. me and 
we came back the very next week yeah. and, and we began to build up yeah. after that. Yeah. So yeah. was that the messy middle? There's I this, feel like yeah. it was. There's yeah, yeah. a process that most couples go through. It's called the messy middle. And it's like the point where you think you're never going to come back and it's done. And I'm like, and I tell all of our couples in the first session, I'm like, it's going to happen. 80% of the time it happens. And that is the moment where like the shift happens. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And so I'm going to remind you when you don't want to come back here, I'm going to remind you of that first session. And I say, this is going to happen. It's like the system starting to shift, but at an unconscious level, we don't want it to, because this is where yeah. we were safe. So there's this push and pull. And then usually a big moment happens. And then it's like, mm -hmm. you guys came back to each yeah. other. It was incredible. I remember I went home and I messaged him and I was like, I owned, I said, I apologize for my part in it. And then I said, you know what? Can we start over? Mm. Like, let's not rehash it. Can we start over? And then he didn't respond, but then he showed up at the house like five minutes later. And I, I had this anxiety of like, is it going to be like the old, you know what I mean? Is this going to be a fight? And he walked in and he was like, yes, let's yeah. start over. You know, what's, what's interesting is because earlier you said there was this dynamic where when you had big arguments, Chris would, would bail, but you were doing it before just on your own, mm -hmm. you know, and trying to figure out your way through the maze. But because it happened in a therapeutic environment, in a therapeutic process, it gave you like a way to start doing di things differently. Because that's the biggest thing with couples is we're like, hey, like those old systems, they're not your fault. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. You both brought all this baggage in together. You created new baggage together. You created systems to deal with it, but they're just not working. Mm. So here, help. let us help you figure out a different way to do it. And so what shifted after that between the two of you? So um, that, you know, growing up in jails and institutions, the fight or flight response becomes upfront mm -hmm. in your world every Survival, single day, right? Yeah. right? It was always fight. There was never flight. You, yeah. you, you, you don't do that. And that's not, so it was always fight for me. Fight, 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 fight. Didn't want to do that with Casey. Um, so when I got in recovery, I learned you don't have to fight all the time. You can walk away. You can get away from it. So flight became my safety yeah. valve, right? Yeah. Get away from that. Well, after having gone through some sessions and learned some therapy, you really don't have to fight and you really don't have to run away. Yeah. If you can simply sit down, calm down, and talk about things and own your own side, <laughs> things can work out. And that's where it changed. Yeah. You know, the fight or flight response is always there, but it doesn't have to be used. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to live that way. And so it changed, man. It changed the way I looked at life. Well, a total shift, right, for you, because it was like, actually, I can be safe. I can be in uncomfortable moments and it doesn't mean I'm not safe anymore, that this person actually yeah. can can hold a space for me where, where I'm not at threat for my life. My Without a doubt. Yeah. Which isn't it bizarre though, that we get into a situation where we think this person who you were crazy <laughs> about, you loved, you thought everything was perfect about her, you know, on some level, that she felt unsafe for you for 
what, years? Mm -hmm. That was learned behavior. I learned that from my parents. I mean, you know, as far as I knew, they were a loving couple and they were a a husband and wife and and they would yell at the top of their lungs and throw Mm -hmm. things. And and, and I'm like, well, I mean, the cops were at our house twice a week, you know? Um, That that was normal. That was just normal. Yeah, I'm like, well, the cops aren't coming, so I guess we're doing pretty good. One of the big (laughs) things I heard you say, Chris, is that you were your central nervous system was in a state of hypervigilance mm-hmm. often and that somehow you were able to like get your nervous system to relax and have moments with Casey where instead of going into that hypervigilance, you were able to like, and that creates new neural pathways when you get your central nervous system out of hypervigilance, right? And so now it's like, that's what builds safety. Cause if you weren't able to do that, we just were constantly in flight, fight, freeze. Equality was a big part of that too. Equality. Help us understand that. What do you mean? So I, you know, in my past, um, I was always the one that was right. Uh, It was my way or the highway. All of these cliches, right? Once I learned that I can give Casey equality and she is just as right or just as wrong as I am, and it's okay to be that way. We were equal in this whole situation because she's taken her part of responsibility. Mm. I'm taking part of mine. That's an equal, you know, amount. And so we had equality in this thing anymore, right? It wasn't one one's right and the other one's wrong, or one's better and the other one's less than. We were equal. That was a big takeoff as well. Because I think that helped her realize she is safe in this. Yeah. She has a say. And well, I did. And and that wasn't a big turning point for me. It was once I started to feel heard by Chris, then it helped me to have more empathy for him and what he's gone through in his life. Mm-hmm. Like it was hard for me to do that because it was always his way or the highway, right? And so why would you want to have empathy for somebody who's like that with you, right? And once I started to feel heard, then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that feels really good to feel heard. And now I'm going to hear him. Because I want him to feel good as well. Because I never took into account that he had feelings too, right? Because he was just such a tough guy. Absolutely. Um, and 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 so it started. To, that was it. Yeah, I believe that was absolutely when my shift started happening. Was once once he started practicing that with me, then it felt good for me to practice it right back. Well, okay. So what I'm hearing is is you got to a point where you were actually able to stay together in uncomfortable moments, Mm -hmm. you began to feel safe. And so that's like the beginning where you can build from, right? Because that's like the baseline that we wanna get couples to. So once you get to that place where it feels like, oh, actually this is safe, actually we can stay together in uncomfortable moments, what did you guys begin to build on, on top of that foundation? So we learned how to disagree. Like healthy disagreement. It was cool. She had an opinion and so did I. And again, we were now equal. So her opinion was just as valid as mine was. And so it's cool to disagree. It's cool. You think that and I think this and it's okay. And we move on. We don't have to have a war about it. It doesn't make any difference, right? We learned how to disagree on things in a healthy manner. Right. And this didn't just come overnight, right? Like, obviously, we had some setbacks or some things going forward. But then in the workbook, right, we learn how to take space from each other. Mm-hmm. And then and then when we're taking space, the biggest part that I learned was because, you know, you're typically like, oh, he did this, he did this. I can't believe I can't. But then to learn where did my behavior stem from, right? right? And because we had a couple, one in particular was where we were driving home from a road trip and he had some road rage in it. And 
I freaked out on him because I was terrified and he got offended thinking I was sticking up for the other person in the other vehicle. And so we got home and we just took space. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, why was I so crazy about that? And then, and, and then it hit me. So I went out there and I told him, I said, you know, the reason I behave that way is because I'm terrified if some psycho shoots, shoots you, pulls yeah. a gun out and shoots you and I don't want to lose you. Oh. Right. And so and that was a a big thing for me was realizing I don't want to lose the man that I love. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to express that to him. And then he was able to hear that and and he was able to apologize. And so we were able to move through that. Yeah. What a what a big shift too. Like for you, like it's not that she sees me as a bad guy, like probably a lot of people have seen me as a bad guy. It's actually that she just like is just is crazy about me and loves me. It was over fear. Yeah. Just she didn't, she know, was, yeah. didn't yeah. know how to get to that place yeah. until you knew to shift. I'll never forget the moment that happened in our relationship and the exercise we de- developed because of it, the cognitive restructuring technique. Like what is the belief under this mm-hmm. that is causing me to act this way? Yeah. Yep. And it was like, oh God, I had no idea. Yeah. Right. And then they can hear it. You can come back and say it because it's about me now. It's not about you. And then the partner can be like, well, I'm still mad anyway. That usually doesn't happen. They're like, wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. Was it my intention? I don't want to hurt you. But we get to know each other more when we, and it's okay because we're going to hurt each other throughout our lifetime. Absolutely. Do you Do you guys remember if you're willing to share like, some of your primary negative core beliefs that were affecting the relationship that, that you weren't totally aware of? I mean, me thinking I'm not good enough. Yeah. That, that's, that's been a, a thing throughout my whole life. Um, it's just not feeling worthy or good enough, feeling very, I'm a very insecure person or I've been working, I'm a lot better now. Yeah. But yeah, not feeling worthy or good enough. And mine was the lack of equality. Yeah. I mean, I was simply just raised, uh, you know, by watching my my parents, um, where my dad ran the show and yep. my mom did what she was told. Uh, that, that's just how it went. And I just didn't know any better. I mean, I, uh, you know, I had no idea. And, and that's not, that's not how life is. It's not how a healthy relationship mm-hmm. is. Well, it's almost like there's that you don't feel safe unless you're in control. Total control. Yeah. That's yeah. That that's was uh, yeah a big part of it being yeah. um, being in control, and uh, that's something I've worked on a lot mm. throughout my recovery is relinquishing control. It doesn't it doesn't always have to go Chris's way, you know. And I've I've learned to, to be quite honest. If I start stuffing my will into things, usually they don't go the way they they should. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it! You know, it doesn't work. It's not working. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and and how did those two things interplay? Like I'm not worthy, and I need to have control, which yeah. is really on some level like I'm out of control. Or I I don't have control, right? How did those two things like tweak each other? Well, I think that, you know, by giving Casey control of the situation, she realized she was worthy to be able to handle this stuff, right? She can do this. She can make those decisions. She doesn't need me to make those decisions. And she went ahead and did it and it worked out really well. Um, And and that's how I saw that. Gosh, and and for you, Casey, like I imagine like how many times in your life did you feel like an equal with people? Not a lot, you know, um, not, not a lot, a lot of times. And I, I, when I was in my active addiction, I led a lifestyle where I kept myself from being hurt by men. 
and and so it was more it was a very detached situation of how I lived my life so that way I wouldn't allow them to hurt me because in my eyes they were all out to hurt me mm. um which is what made it difficult when we first started dating was because in my head like he wanted one thing and one thing only from me you know what mm-hmm. I mean he just wanted to use me and then he proved to me and this was pre therapy pre coming here he proved to me that that was in fact not the case right and that was that was the start of me feeling worthy mm-hmm. yeah so this is like I said before this is the first healthy relationship that mm-hmm. I've ever been in Chris had a huge smile on his, on his face when when she said that. What 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 does that mean? To yeah, you? it's the first healthy relationship I've ever been in. Either. I've, yeah. I've never felt closer to another human being in my entire mm-hmm. life. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it takes work. It takes a Absolutely. lot of work. I mean, it doesn't just stay that way. But I I have to say, like, we get through our tough times a lot, a lot better than yeah. we used to. Yeah. And it keeps getting easy. I mean, like EJ and I still have our tough times, but we have all of the tools. It's like you have to learn the skills to do it or it's just we don't. And you have to practice them. Yeah, you you got to keep using them, right? And it's Mm -hmm. so because, you know, our chalkboard out there says our partner is our greatest, can be our greatest teacher. Be patient for the lessons. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Like. Because yeah, we don't want to hear more like, God damn it, like, would you fucking just stop doing that? (laughs) Yeah, we, (laughs) we, uh, we recently went through. Uh, an extended period of time that was probably one of the hardest times in both of our lives um, and and being in a relationship and through a relationship renovation protocol that we've learned and we've used, we, we went through it pretty well with grace. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it was, it was really tough. You know, there was a lot of, um, self involved in the whole situation, but, but Casey and I learned how to, how to be able to cope with that and walk through it with very minor disagreements on the whole situation where to be honest, had we not walked through Mm -hmm. this we would have probably been hands up and, and walked away because there were times I felt that way at times, but I just simply didn't do that because yeah. of what I'd learned. Yeah. I mean, is and that's what's, that's what's the huge fork in the road for couples is when you do the work that you guys did, mm-hmm. those side winds that come, that inevitably come, that screw us up, that, that, that create big disruptions in our life, instead of them fracturing us, they actually like, they bring us closer together. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, right? Cause you want somebody by your side in these horrible times, you know, you don't wanna be alone. Yes, and you also need people to hold you accountable. You, like Casey does not co-sign my bullshit. <laughs> Bottom line, she just won't do yeah. it. And, and I need that in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really do. And so mm-hmm. well, we're, and, we're in each other's care, right? We are all in each other's yeah. care. Yes, yes. Well, and learning when how to support him when he's struggling or wants to vent or whatever, but not feeding into it. Like I listen, I'm a, I've learned to be a good listener. Yeah. But if I don't agree with what he's saying, I don't I don't have any input. And then I don't I don't offer my input though also unless he's like, "So, do you agree?" and then I'll be like, "Well, since you're asking, <laughs> no." You know what I mean? Um right. but just learning that difference instead of Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this it was Michael Singer, he's an author of The Untethered Soul and a couple other books, which was amazing, but he uses this term heart with ears. And it's like, I think of that when I'm listening to EJ and I might not agree with something, but it's like my heart is open and it's got ears and I don't have to respond to this unless he says, what is your opinion? But that was like a huge change in our communication, just like knowing that I can listen with my heart open instead of, and I can feel the moment it's like starting to Mm -hmm. shift 
And that's when I take my little burnt toast code word, take a time out for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have just realized I've used burnt toast significantly less. less yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Okay. Holidays are coming. I might use it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, um, and tell me if you guys agree with this, you know, is that also we can't have the expectation from each other that just like, oh, you're done. You fix that part of yourself that's problematic in our relationship is that those things, you know, my, what I do, how I withdraw and, and go inward and judge and all those crappy parts of myself, I can't just extinct them, you know, that they, that she kind of has to deal and help me continue to move forward in that, that those things that are baked into us at a young age, you know, they stick with us. I think, uh, Character defects um, definitely are prevalent and you find new ones all the time as we grow, you know, as people, um, you know, we're taught, we write them down. I mean, there's steps where we write these things down and we talk about them Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, some go away. But they're replaced with other ones. Mm. Or or they'll creep back up in certain situations Correct. you'll Correct. notice. Yeah. I know for me, I just came off of a very extreme training program um, for some competitions. And my character defects, like my insecurities or my short temper, like things creeped up that hadn't been present mm-hmm. in a minute. And that's what he was talking about earlier is we went through that and him having to deal with me. Like he has mentioned since this my competitions are over that I was very condescending. And he was just kind of like not reacting because he knew that wasn't me. Like I was just mentally in another space. Mm-hmm. And, and so to have that brought to my attention and be like, okay, now I have to be aware that I'm not treating him in a condescending behavior because we don't do that anymore. Do you notice when Casey is being really tough on herself that that ups how tough she is on you? Um, Casey is very tough on herself because she is a hardcore competitor like myself. We both compete in in different facets. Uh, She's a, a physique and bodybuilder and I race dirt bikes. Um, so, wow. so we're, we're hardcore competitors. And so we are equally hard on ourselves. And I think that, no, she's not harder on me when she's hard on herself. Yeah. She's focused on her and, and that's okay. Uh, that, that's what builds a competitor. But it will affect my mood. It definitely affects it'll her ruin, mood. It'll ruin a day. Yeah. It'll ruin my day. For, for, for her. I don't allow it to ruin my day because it, it's for her. And I, and I get it, right? There's no more like, you're going to act like that. It's going to ruin our day. Right. It doesn't work that way anymore. It certainly, I thought it had to, but it doesn't. <laughs> you know, it's cool. Yeah. And throughout this prep that Casey had was 20 weeks. I'm a real happy-go-lucky, joking, <laughs> fun-loving, you know, game-playing it continued like that. And I could tell there were times she was just like, oh it my God. It took all my energy to put you know, a smile on. Because yeah. I knew he was trying to do that for me. You know, she was just like, take your little elf games and go <laughs> away. But but she dealt with them, right? And, and you know, I stayed happy through it. And and yeah, it was you yeah. know a bummer sometimes that she wasn't there with me to yeah. be able to do that. But I understood. But you know what that... The feeling is like we can be whoever we need to be, and it's oh freaking k, done and done. I am loved unconditionally for who I am, mm-hmm. no matter what, and it's okay. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's secure attachment right there. 
Oh, that's I agree. That's the cure of functioning. This is where you guys move from yeah. a place of probably anxious, preoccupied, avoidant yeah. to secure functioning. And it does. It takes a minute. And it takes practice and it takes using the skills and it takes making repair attempts over and over and over. But you guys have gotten there. Yeah. What words of wisdom would you guys give to a couple that's struggling right now? Because a lot of couples are struggling right now and a lot of couples that listen to this podcast struggle. I would say give it a chance. Give it a shot. I mean, go for it. You know, um, I, I put it in the words of recovery, but relationship recovery relationship renovation. It is possible, doable. It will happen if you're willing to put in the work. Make a decision. Don't keep doing the same things over and over again. You're going to get the same results. We already know that. Do something different. Yeah. Well, and for me, I say time takes time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight and you may not even notice it at first. Um, but if you just keep implementing the tools and if you just keep trusting the process, the changes are going to happen. And it's just inevitable. If you're, if you are actually being mindful about the process, time just takes time. And, and we are proof of that. I mean, we've only, it hasn't even been a year since we've been, we, we, we first started here yeah. and we've made so much progress. And so as, as long as we keep going, I can only, imagine how much stronger and closer we're going to grow. When you do this as a couple, you emulate success and you emulate love. And our kids see that. They see that. They're not seeing what I saw as a kid. And I am so forever grateful for that, um, for coming here, because our kids see what it it is really like, Mm -hmm. how awesome having an amazing relationship yeah. is right Beautiful. i mean yeah it's it's huge it's great um and and one other thing i just want to add to that is honesty um people think and believe that they're honest all the time and they may very well be to everybody else around them but you have to step back and be honest to yourself Absolutely. that's a huge part of it you have to be honest to yourself and, and uh mm-hmm. when you can do that you open up for honesty for everyone else wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So so one uh, final question for you guys. What do you believe about your relationship now versus what you believed about your relationship a year ago? Um, I believe that we are extremely connected and we are, I believe that there's compassion and empathy in our relationship, which I didn't believe that at all. Like, I mean, I believed that that I had it, you know, but I didn't believe he was capable of empathy and compassion. And that is absolutely not true. Like he is one so compassionate man. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I get emotional thinking about that because it's beautiful. Like I just thought that that wasn't a thing. Yeah. And it is. That's awesome. I think that, um, I have found the person that uh, has taught me how to be honest um, and how to, you know, be me. I don't have to be anybody else. I can be Chris um, and I'm accepted as Chris. I don't have to pretend that I'm someone else. It's, It's huge. I've learned how to treat my wife with total respect and listen to her. And it feels, it feels real good to be in this together as an equal. I feel much stronger as a unit than I ever have as myself. So we have to ask, and I'm sure you know this. So at the end of all of our couple sessions, we ask partners to just look at each other and just say one thing that they appreciate about the other person. 
Um, okay, well, I appreciate your drive. Uh, I appreciate your ability to be such a strong person. And I appreciate you being able to guide me again, not co-signing my stuff and, and keeping me in check when I really need it. And uh, I appreciate your love and understanding. I love you. Um, so I appreciate your willingness because I, you know, in the beginning of all this, you were not wanting to, you were just begrudgingly showing up and you became willing and, and I, you have, I've appreciated your transformation. I've appreciated how you have just, I don't want to say you changed, but it's almost like you dialed in and you dug down deep and you found the parts of you that mm. had been hidden for so long. I mean, you are the most amazing listener and you're so compassionate and, uh, and, and those are some of my favorite things about you. And so I appreciate you. I love you. I love you. Thank I, you guys. Thank you guys. This was just amazing to hear you guys' story and to have your, you know, that, that bravery to like, just be vulnerable in this way and, and to go through the, you know, the process that you guys went through together. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing. Honestly, on a selfish side, it's just like gratifying to know that somebody walked through these doors. We've, we've never, you know, we've never really met. And to see like that, that it made this shift between the two of you. And like you said, it affected your kids and, mm -hmm. and what they're seeing. So, so thank you for sharing them. And, and I appreciate your story very much and the hard work you guys continue to put in to be in recovery and to build emotional safety and secure functioning in your relationship. I, I know how hard it is to do that. And also um, just trusting us, trusting our therapists here and our center and our program <laughs> that it could make things better. That is like our passion and why we, why we do what we do. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. <laughs> yeah, th thank you. And I, I just really quickly want to say thank you for, for being out here and doing what oh. you are doing and sharing your success with this community. Because, I mean, if people are out there listening to this stuff, get, give it a chance. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a shot and, and come out and, and try this because it can change your life if you're willing. Absolutely. It changed ours. Well, thank you guys, and uh, and thank you everybody out there who's listening. You know, we we just we know that that when people do what what the two of you have done, it makes this world a better place. You know, it, it, the kids that we interact with benefit from it. The people we work with benefit from it. Everybody in our community benefits from it. I mean, and that just it just reverberates. It starts with one, two, and then it just like ripples out. Yeah. And that is, you know, that's that's why we do it. That's what we want to impact the world. All right. So thank you again for being here, Casey and Chris. What a beautiful story of healing and survival and bravery. And as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We all deserve to feel loved and accepted for who we are. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.